Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Small Business Edge Podcast. Our guest today is Jay Bear, a return guest to the Small Business Edge Podcast. We did a uh, podcast a couple of years ago on a book he wrote called Talk Triggers, which is fantastic. So I'll put the link to that podcast on this resource page so you can listen to it. Jay is the president of Convince and Convert, an online customer and digital marketing consultancy. He's also a Hall of Fame speaker. I don't know how that's possible, given that he's like 38 years old, but uh, he's a Hall of Fame speaker, a fantastic MC, author of five amazing books, including Hug Your Haters, Utility, Talk Triggers, and his latest book, The Time to Win, which we're going to discuss today. He contributes articles to, I think, Inc., Entrepreneur, Forbes.com. You got a, a, a top content marketing blog. I think you co-host a couple of websites. There must be about four J Bears, I'm, I'm convinced, doing all of this work behind the scenes. Um, but lastly, Jay is the uh, is rumored to be the inspiration behind ZZ Top's award-winning song, Sharp Dressed Man. And if you know Jay, you'll know uh, why I said that. With that, I want to welcome to the podcast, Jay Bear. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. I should have come to the show in a bathrobe to uh, to mess up mess up the introduction. Uh, nice to be back. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, you know, it's funny. I had your podcast that we did, Talk Triggers, got a lot of downloads for us. Oh, a lot of people listened to it. We got I some big feedback on that. So shame on me for for waiting this long to bring you back on the show. Well, that's okay. I did write another book. It's all right. No problem. <laughs> well, no problem. Well, well, that's it. So before we get into the book, tell tell me what uh, what you've been up to. I know you are a. I would I would flag you as a serial entrepreneur and somebody who is also passionate about what they do. Yeah, but you have a lot of things uh, going on these days. I do. Uh, you mentioned the introduction that I'm president of Convince and Convert. I actually sold the firm a bit ago, so I'm no longer the president of Convince and Convert. And, and so that has freed up some of my time uh, to pursue other ventures, as you mentioned. So I now find myself uh, as the number two non-celebrity tequila influencer in the world. So I reach hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people every month with tequila advice, tequila reviews, tequila content. So that has become a, a bit of a business. We have sponsors and we have merchandise and we have affiliate programs. We have an event series. So there's lots to do on the tequila side. So that's kind of my side hustle now. And then of course have the new book out and lots of uh, speaking engagements, et cetera. Uh, so it's, it's been nice to, uh, to, to, to work on more of a consumer focused set of content mm -hmm. as opposed to a B2B focused set of content. It's, it's been a, a, an interesting, uh, difference that's for sure who's number one there's a guy in los angeles who's uh ostensibly number one uh we'll, we'll try and hunt him down eventually with your with your help yeah yeah yeah, yeah. happy to do we, we need we need to get you into that top yeah. spot yeah we'll get tequila, it. that's fantastic that's just a love of tequila brought that in put to mm -hmm. the front yeah, you know, I've been a, a tequila fan for 25 years. I'm from Arizona. Originally went to school in Tucson on the border. And so always have been somewhat interested by it. And and over time, I've learned more, learned more, been to Mexico, learned more, go to Mexico again and visited distilleries, et cetera. And and when I um when I sold the the, the company, I I had some time. I said, Well, what if I just what if I just try to teach people some of the things that I've learned about tequila? 
And that was the full strategy brief. And, and so I said, I also have never really done any episodic content short form, right? I've done a lot of podcasts. I've done a lot of YouTube shows. I've done a lot of blogging, a lot of book writing, but I haven't really created content that's super abbreviated. Yeah. And of course, that is the coin of the realm and in Instagram and TikTok. And so I said, well, let's just try that because I've never done it before. And so started an Instagram and TikTok account for tequila education. And uh, it took a little while, a couple of months to kind of find my sea legs. And, and then it started to escalate very quickly. And and now it really is, uh, it's a real business. One of the most interesting phone calls I've ever had in my life, Brian, I had to, I had to talk to my accountant uh, earlier this year and say, hey, we have to redo all the chart of accounts because we got to account for all this tequila revenue. <laughs> and she was like, what are you talking about? Wow. That's, you know what, that's a, it's a book right there. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I did a presentation. I've only done it once uh, earlier this year at Joe Polizzi's uh, Creator Economy Expo. And I, I did a, a keynote on how I sort of went from being a B2B influencer to a B2C influencer and what that process is like. And uh, there there probably is a book in there somewhere. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely agree. I'd love to read it. All right. Well, let's get into let's get into your latest book. Speaking of books. So yeah, the next book may very well be about tequila. So let's let's uh, let's make this one a good interview. This may be my last business book. We'll see. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll plug that for early 2024 as you <laughs> start you. writing. Thank you, thank you. So the book you just—it literally came out this week. If I'm yeah, not, that, yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. So it's called "The Time to Win: How to Exceed Your Customers' Need for Speed." What was the inspiration for the book? Coming out of the pandemic, I looked around and saw a lot of trends, great resignation, quiet quitting, people not wanting to come back to the office because they don't want to spend time commuting, even Major League Baseball changing their rules so the games are shorter. All of these different trends, leisure travel, the combination of business and leisure travels, people are bringing their kids to the conference and sort of double dip the trip, all of that stuff. I was like, I think that's the same trend. Like we, we think about it as different trends, but I think it's the same trend, which is that we just now care about our time and how we spend it more than we used to. And I think the pandemic um, accelerated this because it sort of taught us that tomorrow is not promised. Like nothing is guaranteed to us yeah. and how we use our time is important. It, it reminded us that everybody only has 1,440 minutes a day. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you are, or where you are. That's what you can't buy more. You can't make more. I think time is the only resource on the planet that we actually share equally, right? Mm-hmm. We don't share we don't share money or food or water or air equally, but we do share time equally. And I think that's kind of come to the forefront in a lot of people's minds. And so as I always do when I create a book, Brian, I, I, I wanted to validate my assumption with real research. So I set out and did a comprehensive, very expensive university grade research project, really the most comprehensive research ever done in, the, in this country on the relationship between responsiveness and revenue, on do customers care more about time and responsiveness than they used to? And if so, what should business do about that? And it turns out uh, the research said, yes, that that is in fact the case. And now two thirds of customers say that speed is as important as price. So I said, well, there's a lot to unpack there. And so ended up uh, writing, uh, writing the book about it. Is that a result of the what I'll call the uh, Amazon phenomena, you know, where you can get something ordered and you'll have it, you know, 15 minutes ago? Hmm. I think it's a lot of those. Um, I don't think there's one trigger 
uh-huh. for for embracing speed as a critical part of the customer experience. I think it's a steady march because you and I have been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And and I have never heard a customer say in any context, you know, I've been thinking, and next time maybe you guys should just do that more slowly. <laughs> like like uh, <laughs> we all know that customer expectations always go up, but expectations for speed and responsiveness in particular always go up. I mean, what was, what was considered fast five years ago is, is hopelessly slow today. Yeah. And so I just think it's a natural evolution. Amazon, of course, Uber, all these things that happen now uh, instantaneously or near instantaneously, which used to take a long time, all of those contribute to just an escalation of expectations around responsiveness. And, and so what we found in the research what we talk about in the book is, is that you have, in my estimation, as a business, as a small business, about 24 months where if you increase the importance of speed in your organization, mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to dramatically outperform your competition. In about two years, in my estimation, this conversation will not matter because everybody will be working at maximum speed because their customers will force them to do so. But right now, not every business has been forced yet or is aware yet of this trend. And so if you can jump on it now, if you can escalate speed on your priority list in your business, you will reap the rewards. And and the financial uh, implications for this are quite clear in the book that if you are faster, you will make more money and you will keep more customers, but you got to do it now before your competition figures it out. You know, it, it's a lot to take in all at once. I mean, because here's one thing I know about the small and mid-sized business market is that a lot of them really suck at time management. Yep. Right? They they, uh, I remember, you know, back in the day, eight, 10 years ago, when I was talking to them about social media and saying, you got to get on this. And they would say, Brian, I would love to, but I don't have the time, you know, and, and, they, and now with artificial intelligence, I mean, and I want to talk to you about that, but, you know, you look at artificial intelligence and how people are saying it's going to be bigger than the internet. And when I talk to business owners about it, they say, I, I just don't have the time. To, yeah. to really understand it. So how do you how do you convince people that they need to accelerate their business when they don't have the time to do the things that they want to do now? Um, I think what I would what I would suggest is that you need to take stock about the things that you're doing now mm-hmm. uh, and and just change priorities. I guarantee you there are things that small business owners are doing today that they should drop down their list of priorities right to claw back some bandwidth in order to increase speed on the list of priorities because the reality brian is that customers have already elevated speed on their list of priorities so why would we not do the same thing in in our business and some of this isn't just you know i don't have time to to save time some of it is just understanding the importance of this we found in the research that 50 percent of customers will hire whomever contacts them back first regardless of price 
Wow. If you know that to be true, how could you run a business where you don't make the changes necessary to be the first responder in any competitive bidding scenario? If it's a, if it's fifty percent of the time, if you say that to people, yeah, that then that becomes a priority. I totally yeah. get that. I mean, that's it. it. That's when I, when I do the presentation of this material on stage, um, people walk out of there like we got to totally fundamentally change what we prioritize in this company starting tomorrow. Mm. Mm. Because it really is. I mean, I, I'm not when I say you've got a two year head start. Like I'm not kidding. Like you've got a two year head start before your competition does it also because they will be forced to. Right. This is not this is not going to be optional eventually. It's optional right now. But eventually we're just going to have to do it because the speed expectations will just force us to to do it. Um but if you can do it now, uh you'll have the opportunity to outperform all your all your competitors um and it will it will bring dollars to to the bottom line. Is is time the unique selling proposition over things like quality, convenience, um, customer service? I guess customer service would be part of that time. Um, yeah, right? I mean, quality is quality is always um, a tricky one because it's it's a continuum uh, right. driven by, by price and convenience. But but here's how I would address that. Um, when I when I say to to business owners. Look, speed is the most important element of customer experience now. The most. Mm-hmm. The most. Um, you know, it used to be good, fast, cheap, pick any two. Yeah. <laughs> yes, now, yes. Now, now you can be now you can be fast and good or fast and, and cheap, but you gotta be fast. Fast is 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 not it's one locked. of the Yeah, that's 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 a, a non-negotiable. Um but then people will sometimes say, well, Jay, yeah, I get it. And I think speed is important, but you know, our customers care, care more about, um, you know, personalization. They, they want to, they want to feel like they're our only customer. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, I, I like that too, but your customers will overlook you getting their name wrong if they get exactly what they want, exactly when they need it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people will say, well, Jay, our customers care most about kindness and humanity and empathy. They just want us to treat them like a friend. And, and that also feels good to a customer, but you will absolutely overlook somebody getting, uh, you know, being a little rude to you if yeah. you get exactly what you want, exactly when you want it. Um, and, and so we just have to fundamentally understand that speed's always been important. There's very few businesses who are like, yeah, it's never, we don't care. We don't care how long it takes. Like most people don't succeed in business if that's their attitude. Yeah. But what the data show is that it is now the most important. It's not like, yeah, that's one of the things we should work on. It's the most important thing, more important than price, arguably more important than quality. So you just got to say, hey, what can we do to have this advantage over our competition? And luckily in the book, we've got a six-piece framework. That was my next question. I want to talk to you about the six-piece framework in a time to win and how businesses can put that into play in their own company. Yeah. You know, look, I've been a a strategist and a consultant for 30 years and a a speaker and an author for 13. So for me, all of this is just consulting in book form or consulting with a microphone. So I would never, 
I would never do the research and tell small business owners. And again, I've started five small businesses of my own and I'm a seventh generation entrepreneur. My family's been small business owners since the mid 1800s. So this isn't just some corporate executive saying small business should do this. Yeah. Uh, I know how this works, but I would never tell you to, to elevate speed on your list of priorities without giving you specific things to do. So the first step in this process, first piece of the framework is to perform what I call a got it audit, a got it audit. And Brian, a got it audit asks you to figure out how long does it take your customers to get what they need from you? Like how long does it take your customers to get a quote? How long does it take them to get an invoice? How long does it take them to get a question answered or pay a bill? You know, and that sounds really obvious, but it's actually not because mm-hmm. I'm sure you've experienced this as well. When I talk to small business owners, in particular about this. And I say, well, how long does it take to, to set up a delivery? Here's what I hear. Well, Jay, usually it takes two days, but sometimes it could be three if it's late in the day. And you know, if it's over a weekend, if you count those two days, it might be four. If Larry's out of town, if Larry's on vacation, then we can't do it. So then it's fine. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> this is not math. This is a collection of anecdotes. And if you're going to use responsiveness as a competitive advantage, you have to actually know the numbers. You have to know the median, the mean, the average, like how long does it take to do all of these things? Because you've got to be able to optimize then for speed and responsiveness. And you can't optimize until you actually know. And so when I talk about this to audiences in particular, they're just like pie eyed. They're like, wow, I never thought about that. And literally here I am running a small business and I have no idea how long it actually takes only sort of rumors and stories. And and that's the first piece of the, of the framework. What you, when you say that you, I, I got to tell you, you know what ad campaign comes to mind? What's that? The, the original federal express mm-hmm. when you absolutely positively need to have it overnight, overnight. You know, that was that was selling a service based on time. Yep. Right. Where they said that now I'm starting to think about all of those campaigns, the marketing campaigns where they made time their their biggest priority. And what's interesting is those are the campaigns I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And that was back in the day when we didn't care about time as much as we do now. So is the importance of time, is that customer driven or is that? marketer driven like are the uh, did, did, did that it, it because i would i would let me well, I should, let, let me let me, let me think about that again yeah so, then in those days i think it was marketing driven it was look for a a bullet point service advantage and say same as the other guys but faster right uh, today i think it's largely customer driven and companies are being dragged along in the customer's wake of expectations. Right. I, I would agree with you there. I think the genesis of this, you know, when Amazon started saying, we'll have this to you same day. Yeah. And, and customers didn't really need it the same day, but it was convenient. It was it was based on convenience. And now they've been doing that for so long that it's it's built in now. And yep. Yeah, I think to your point, you may not be able to compete with Amazon on price, but you need to figure out a way to compete with them on time. Is that what you're saying? 
Absolutely. Or, and, and certainly Amazon competes with everybody at some level, but, but even whatever competitors you have in, in your own market, I give you an example. Um, I, I got this house painted not long ago and, and I called three painters as, as one does. And the first painter got back to me in four hours and said, Jay, uh, I can't paint it right now. And I can't even meet with you today, but based on what you told me, uh, in your voicemail, here's kind of what I think it might cost. And here's when I can come out and meet you and give you an estimate. Second painter got back to me in two days. Third painter got back to me in 11 days, at which point the house had already been painted. <laughs> so I hired the first one mm-hmm. who was not the least expensive. In fact, was the most expensive. Why? Well, what all the data show is that we interpret speed as caring. Wow. When businesses, when businesses are faster, the way we take that information in is that they care about us, our business, our health, our well-being, our happiness more. Right. And that's why one of the most exciting findings in this field of study is that not only will half of all customers hire whomever contacts them first, but 85% of customers say that speed is a critical factor in their brand loyalty. Mm. Because eventually you've got to you've got to revalidate your decision. Do I want to go back to this restaurant? Do I want to go back to this chiropractor? Do I want to sign another contract with the gym? Whatever the deal is, right? You've, mm-hmm. you've got to you, you know you're in a renewal cycle, and in that renewal cycle, you'd play this mental calculus, which is well, are they responsive enough to make me think they actually care about me? So it's not enough to just be fast at the initial point of decision. Businesses need to be responsive throughout the entire customer journey, throughout the entire customer relationship, if it lasts six months or six years or six decades, because eventually we will treat responsiveness or lack thereof as a major decision in re-upping our relationship with those businesses. All right. We covered the the first of the six piece, right? Six yeah, yeah. piece time to win framework. What what are the the next five? Um, I probably won't give you all five of them just in the interest of time, but I'll, I'll give right. you a couple of interesting ones. Um, one is to to close the uncertainty gap. So one of the fastest well, let me let me say this different way. One of the best ways to be interpreted as fast is to provide what customers need before they have to ask. And that also sounds pretty obvious, Mm -hmm. but what I will sometimes ask business leaders to do is I will say, grab a piece of paper and write down the 25 questions that your customers ask you most often about your business. Uh, Great point. And everybody can do it. Like drop of a hat, they can all do it. And I say, okay, look at your list. How many of those 25 can customers get answered without talking to anybody in your organization? Mm-hmm. And they'll look at the list and they'll be like, six. What about the other 19? Like, why do we make people work so hard to get the information we know they need? Because when they have to ask, it slows down the process. And so an uncertainty gap is the difference between what you know about your business Mm-hmm. And what the customer knows about your business. And increasingly, customers hate an information vacuum. It creates a lot of anxiety Mm. if you don't know exactly what's going on. So the best thing you can do is to essentially over-inform the customer. 
not only does it reduce anxiety, but it creates this, this um, feeling that you are massively responsive, even though you haven't really done anything other than just pushed out the information. It makes a huge psychological difference uh, to customers and they absolutely love it. And we're in an era now, when you think about it, where uncertainty gaps have been closed all around us. And so we need to do the same in our own business. Think about transportation. You, you and I are old enough to remember, Brian, when back in the day, you couldn't use an app to get a car, right? You right. had to call a taxi. And, and so you would use a phone, in some cases, a pay phone back in the day, and, and to call a taxi. And the, and the number is always like two, 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 or whatever. Yeah. So you're yeah. on the pay phone, you're like, two, 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 two. And then I go, this is Lou. And you're like, what? And he's like, I'm like, I need to get a ride to the airport. He'll be by to get you. Click. So yeah. the only information you had yeah. was that a guy named Lou said he'll be by to get you. You don't know which cab it is. You don't know when he's coming. You have no yeah. idea what it's going to cost. You, yeah. you know nothing, no information, massive uncertainty gap. Now you've got your app, you know, to the penny, how much it is. You got a headshot of the driver, license plate, blood, blood test results. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you can see the icon moving and be like, don't go left. It's a one way and coach the driver. Uh, you know, it's, there's just very little uncertainty now. And so in every business, especially small business, they're not very good at this typically, there are uncertainty gaps where the company knows way more about what's up than the customer. And the more you can close those gaps, the more satisfied customers will be, and they will per perceive you as being massively more responsive. That's really a great point, Jay. Thanks. That is, um, I, I'm, I'm excited to delve into the other four points. I'll uh, give you another one. I'll give you two more. All right. So here's one, which uh, this one works not just for not just for your for your business, but it really works for your for your kids, for your spouse, for your friends, for your priest. Like this, this, I've been doing this one now for like two three years in my personal life, mm -hmm. and man, it's made such a huge difference. Huge difference. So wow. if somebody asks you a question and you don't know the answer, typically what happens is you go find out. You you go secure the information necessary to provide a response. You go look it up, you ask Julie, you, you wait for your wife to come home and check with her, like whatever, whatever has to happen, those things happen and then you respond. The problem is when you operate that way, the whole time between when somebody asks you the question and when you conjure the response, they are increasingly freaking out. Uh, yeah. For example, if I send you an email and I don't hear back from you for like a day or two, you start playing this game. Did Brian get the email? Did it go to spam? Is he on vacation but doesn't have out of office set? Do I have his email address wrong? Is he just blowing me off, right? And so you, you start getting angsty about it. And customers and friends and children and, and everybody in your life is the same way. So the second you ask somebody a question, their temperature starts to rise. So the best way to do this, and I call this to respond without answers, respond without answers. Mm -hmm. The best way to do this is every time somebody asks you a question in any corner of your life, certainly in business, but in your personal life too, if you don't immediately have the answer, you don't wait to respond. You instantly respond. And you say, Brian, good question. So good. In fact, I got to look it up. I'm going to go do that and then I'll get back to you. 
Right. So does this mean you've got to respond to everybody twice? Yes. But the first response is just, I got it. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you say, I got it, it takes it off of their mental to-do list and puts it on your mental to-do list, which is a huge psychological change uh, in the mind of the customer, your friend, your child, your spouse, whatever. Uh, I'm telling you, man, it, it makes a huge difference. That also buys you a little more time. Yes. Yes. Because you've, you've demonstrated that you're on top of it. Now you've yeah. got, you've got a little more of a grace period to actually conjure whatever you need to conjure. Like the, the first painter who got back to you said, That's look, right. That's right. I can't do it today, but I, I, I acknowledge your, your request for a proposal. I Subject. will get it to you. I won't be able to do it today. I can probably do it next week. Yep. Uh, that's a great point to your point. It's okay. I can take this off my plate right now because yep. this painter has got me covered. He comes with good recommendations and he's going to get it done next week. It's like a weight lifted. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's extraordinary. Um, last one I'll tell you about, and, and I really want to make sure we touch on this because this will make you so much money so quickly. Offer a fast pass. Offer a fast pass. Okay. Disney does it. Disney calls it the lightning lane now. It's this yeah. idea that, that some customers will pay more to not wait. We tested it in the research. 25% of customers, one in four, will pay as much as 50% more to not wait. You should give them that chance. Offer a fast pass. It doesn't cost you anything more. All you're doing is shuffling the order of your customers. Mm -hmm. I was in uh, Vegas doing a presentation recently, and I went to Caesar's Palace and when you go to Vegas, uh, they always say the same thing. Welcome. And check-in time is at 4. It's now 2.30. Come back at 4, and we'll see if we can give you keys to your room. Meanwhile, lose as much money as you can in the casino. <laughs> well, <laughs> this time I go, and welcome back to Caesar's Palace. As you know, check-in time is 4. It's currently 2.30. Uh, you can come back at 4 and get keys. Or if you'd like to give us 30 additional dollars, we can give you keys right now. Would you like to do that? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, I will lose way more than 30 in 90 minutes. So yes, here's my money. Um, offer a fast pass. So one of my um, audience members in a presentation I was doing in New Jersey recently uh, owns a, like a fancy writing tool store, like a pen, pen store, fancy pen store. And he was saying to me that, Lots and lots of his customers are kind of last minute, like, oh, it's my boss's birthday or, oh, I forgot about, uh, you know, something for my husband and a pen, a pen, a nice pen's a good idea. And then he's constantly having a FedEx pens to people. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, are you charging like a rush? And he's like, no, we, we make them pay for the FedEx, obviously, but we're not charging them for a rush. I'm like, dude, you need to be making this a fast pass. Like if you need a pen today, we're going to charge you. 15% more yeah. and everybody will pay that because if you're already behind the eight ball, getting your boss a business gift, like you're not gonna be like, well, I'm not going to pay an extra 15%. Uh, it's just free money dropping out of the sky. Now I did have a small business owner say, well, Jay, if, if we, if we charge the fast pass people an extra 15%, great. We make free money, but then we got to tell customer two and customer three, or, you know, we got to bump people down the order and they're going to be mad. And I said, well, here's how you handle that. You charge the customer 15% to be first. 
And then you give customer two and customer three a 5% rebate for waiting an extra day. You're still making 5%. And you're still making money. Yeah. Making money. Yeah. And, and you can do this in any business. You can do it as a consultant. You can do it as a chiropractor. You can do it as a restaurant. You can do, it doesn't matter. Every business can do this. Uh, and I think this fast pass idea uh, will, will help you monetize this embrace of speed very, very quickly. There's a lot to chew on from this podcast, you know, that I hope our listeners. Yeah. And, and the book is only, and the book is only 60 pages long. And I only told you half the, the, the book itself is only 60 pages long. Uh, you can read this whole book in under an hour. Why? Well, because I thought it was pretty ridiculous to ask you to spend six hours reading a business book about speed. So the entire book is 60 small pages. Uh, you can read it in under an hour. Perfect five-star reviews on Amazon. Uh, and you can get it at jbearbook.com. jbearbook.com. I love it. Um, there's one kind of nagging thought, though, in my head. And, sure. uh, and I hope you can help me with this. It's that time is, you know, we always talk about time's the only currency that matters. And I realize that business owners are, are going to be listening to this podcast and saying, you know, I'd love to be able to incorporate it, but I struggle with prioritizing my time. So what we're doing is instead of the, the, the carrot saying, look, if you do this, you'll get more time in your day. And, you, you know, it's in it, my feeling is it's got to be the stick. Like you, you have to once and for all learn to master your own time. Like master, master your well, time. Sure. I, I, yeah, I think it, that's a really great point. Like it's hard for you to say, we're going to be faster for customers until you're efficient with your own time utilization as an individual. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, and, and that is probably easier to say than it is to do. And, and I think this also kind of gets into small business allergy around delegation and, yeah. And, and, and sort of e-myth style, I need to control and have my finger in every pot. Like, look, the, I'll say this in a way that I probably shouldn't because it's too much of a declarative sentence and not um, contextual enough. But in my experience, most small business owners are the bottleneck for responsiveness and speed because they feel like they've got to be involved in every part of their business. And when you run your business as a hub and spoke like that, you will naturally slow down the train. So in some cases, what you got to do is is let go of some of these processes and let other people handle it without you being involved, which then will free up the gears of the organization enough to to, re to really be genuinely faster. I like that. And you know what? That's a great point to say. Not not even just delegate. Let go. Let yeah. go of these responsibilities and give the people in your business the opportunity to shine, to show you that they're better at time management than you are. To, to your point, a lot of founders that I talk to will say that they are the biggest obstacle on their path to success. So, Well, because they, they think that nobody can do it as well as them. And that's probably true. But it only matters to them. Right? If, right. if somebody in your organization can do it 85% as well as you can, and trust me, they almost always can. 
yeah. then you holding on to this task or this process is literally costing you a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. It's like holding back the reins of a horse that wants yeah. to. Yeah. You know, and, and it took me a while to do that. I mean, I've, I've owned my own businesses now for a long time, but it 25 years or so now, but it took me a while to get there to, to be like, look, there's other people out there. Can they do it exactly how I would do it? No. Can yeah. they do it exactly as well as I would do it? Probably not, but they yeah. can do it pretty darn well. And that's gotta be good enough if we're going to grow this company. All right. Last question. Last point. The book, the, the time to win has a, like twin themes. And I'm going to quote you on this. If you give your customers time, they will give you money. Yes. If you cost your customers time, it will cost you money. Both are true. And the data is very clear on that. If you're, if you're the 11 day painter, you're not going to be an 11 day painter very long. Right now, right now, that industry home improvement is so hot because of COVID and nesting. There's, there's some macroeconomic trends that are driving that industry where you can probably survive as the 11 day painter because yeah. everybody's so busy. But but you can't you can't adopt and maintain that attitude toward responsiveness indefinitely. It will eventually kill your business. You will no longer be in business. Just it's just literally a matter of time. Look, everybody listening knows the saying time is money. Mm -hmm. It's been a saying for decades, literally, but I don't know why it's been a saying because it's never actually been true, but it is now. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know what? You can, you can print more money. You can't print more time. Exactly. It's the only inelastic resource. Right. Yep. Wow. There's a lot. So I, I'm, I'm going to make you a, 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 a promise, Jay. I'm gonna I'm gonna incorporate your book into my business, please. Over the next thirty days, and I'm gonna get back to you and please, tell I'd you. Love, I would love that changes that I've seen. I love the I stuff that, that you say about Thank the you. uncertainty gap. I thought was was huge. Responsiveness and revenue. I I get that. I can see where in in my business I've maybe lost business because I wasn't responsive enough. And I can see where I've won business as a result of it. Yeah, so well, me too. I've, I've made real changes in my own business just as a result of this research. Speaking of the research, um, the book itself is at jbearbook.com. But if you go to thetimetowin.com, it has infographics, presentations, and the entire research report, 30 pages that drives the book. Uh, I don't even ask you for your email address. You can just go there, download it. It's yours. Um, it's all available at thetimetowin.com. We'll have all of that on our resource page Fantastic. For, for listeners to uh, click on, download, and get more information on it. Jay, thank you. Thank My you. pleasure. All right. Reach out anytime. Tequila a, advice, tequila advice, speed advice. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, write a book on tequila. We'll have you back on. It's going to happen. Don't no, worry. And uh, we'll put all of the information on how people can, can reach out to you and your website and all your social media accounts. I think you're fantastic. I think you have, Appreciate you know, sw swimming in the same pool that I do in that small to mid-sized business market for the businesses that need help the most. I think you're a real, a fantastic resource. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me back on. It was a blast. Sure. We got to get you back on again soon. All right. Jay Bear, uh, get his book, his new book, which is out this week. It's called The Time to Win, How to Exceed Your Customer's Need for Speed. 
and uh, write down his six the six parts to uh, his time to win framework. Those are those are critical. And to my listeners, as always, thank you for your feedback. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week on another edition of the Small Business Edge podcast. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.